so yeah it, it was a rare sort of thing to happen and as you can see probably from afterwards from pitch invasions and everything you don't see it too often anywhere else so it just shows how how much it means um to Roscommon fans and as i said at the start the realistic expectation is to, to win a Connacht title that is nearly Roscommon's all ireland you know we we won't be winning any all ireland anytime soon more than likely um so it, it kind of captured it is huge Okay, so welcome back to the GA Fan TV podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm joined here by Dara from the Sideline View. Here to talk all things Roscommon ahead of the upcoming Intercounty Championship. Um, I suppose, first of all, Dara, how are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad now. I'm just excited, I suppose, for the, the return of the championships and, and, and leagues. So it'll be something to look forward to over the, the coming months. Yeah, I suppose. Hopefully, we definitely do get a championship anyway. I know there was a few worries there in the past um, couple of weeks or so with a couple of different clubs potentially having to pull out. But I suppose, what would be your uh, expectations as a Roscommon fan going into this year's championship? Um, championship, I think, with Roscommon is always to win the Connacht title. Um, I think we're realistic enough with our expectations. You know, we're not expecting All-Irelands or anything, but I think hoping for a Connacht title again after winning it last year um, you know it's a realistic enough expectation it'll be tricky enough again we have to go through Mayo and Galway the same as we did last year but um, I think confidence is, should be high enough in the group with um, big players coming back to you know the likes of the Mercers and, and a few others so um, yeah probably a Connacht title would, you'd have to say would be the, the expectation from um, the fans anyways yeah, and I suppose obviously it was an exciting enough um, club championship there in Roscommon, obviously with uh, St. Bridget's coming out on top in the end. Did you watch much of the club football yourself and like what did you make of it in Roscommon? Yeah, I, I, I did watch more probably this year than I would have had any other years because you wouldn't get to go to, to games and with them all being nearly streamed um, online, it might be just €5 Euro to, to buy it or even Facebook Live, so I should watch more games than I ever had done um, in previous years and yeah, it was probably the most enjoyable championship all right um, many years. You know, it was open attacking football. Um, you know, a bit of surprise in, in some ways, Bridges winning the, the, the senior title. Um, not many people had them tipped probably at the start, but they're a young team. Um, they needed even just won five minor titles in a row. So it's like a conveyor belt, and you can see them now possibly dominating for the next decade, even. Um, so they did well, and even the intermediate championship was um, was always good. Um, or among that, after extra time, I think they had lost three finals after replays um, in the past four years. So that was even an, another good story. But um, yeah, the standard of um, championship football this year in, in the club theme was um, very good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely agree with you when it comes to um, to watching lots of different games. I even found myself sometimes watching matches in Roscommon and Leitrim and Fermanagh and matches that you wouldn't even expect to watch it's um I suppose definitely kind of the having all the club games and being able to stream them this year was was really helpful um I suppose like in terms of you know obviously if the Connacht football championship had gone ahead or, or the Connacht club football championship had gone ahead I suppose do you think there would have been a massive opportunity there for Bridges to maybe win the the cha- win that championship because obviously you know no Corofin and, and Ballon Tubber are not there either so well, yeah, but especially with Currafin, you know, they're the, the top dogs for the last for how many years? Um, obviously, Bridges have experience of winning, you know, in the early part of the last decade, um, winning the All-Ireland and a few Connacht's, but it's, it's nearly a new team. 
Um, so yeah, it would have been an opportunity there, all right. Um, but then again, the Galway champions, whoever they will be, um, be a tough test that you've seen in the past few years. Clare Finn's probably toughest games have nearly been in the Galway Championship rather than the, the Connacht in All Ireland. So um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. Um, but yeah, it probably would have been that better opportunity to win it this year with with Finn gone. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose they could have even been the potential for a, a Bridges and Ballymun reunion going back to the uh, the 2012 final. Um, was there any players in particular do you think, Dara, that stood out in the in the football championship this year that could have e- that could even get called up into the Roscommon panel? Um, it's hard to know. Possibly not this year. I think Anthony Cunningham will, will probably stick to what he what he has um, had in, in, in last year and and this year, but definitely. There are some good young players um, coming up, um, you know, even the likes, um, I went to school with um, a few of them, maybe Dara Walsh from, from Oran, uh, he did a fantastic um, club championship, um, and then you have, you know, the Bridges fo- uh, forward line, I think Brian Derwin, uh, Kieran Sokru, a few of them were, were very good, uh, Rory Fallon as well, he's like only about 18, um, and he's really stood out in sort of the half forward midfield line for Bridges, so... There definitely is players coming through every year um, and that's something we have had in Roscommon for the last 10-15 years that we've always had two or three from underage panels going into the, into the senior team. Mm. And I suppose obviously um, you know, getting on to the, the National League that obviously gets back up and running next weekend. Um, well I suppose this weekend by the time the, the video comes out but obviously you've got our man Cavan in the last two league games so like do you think you know there's a chance of promotion there would like would you fancy your chances in those two games yeah I think I think you, you would um, we've left ourselves in a, in a very good position obviously before the lockdown came uh, it, was a, it was a rough enough start with uh, sort of poor results against um, Leach and Fermanagh in the first two but we, we got going we got a good result against um, Kildare away and we were just getting a few players back. Connor Cox had just, I think, started his first game against um, Westmead, and we put in a, a good performance there. And we were looking forward to the Armagh game. And I think, you know, if, I think the the way it's going, that if for Scotland win either one of the Armagh or Cavan games, they probably will get promoted. So there is a there is a good chance um, that we we will get promoted. But again, two tough games. They're both away, um, and Armagh and Cavan be no pushovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose when they're mad, like they'll they'll have their eyes on promotion. I think Cavan are just underneath Roscommon as well, so it'll definitely be a very competitive last three games. But um, but yeah, and I suppose obviously then kind of like your form in the league earlier in the year, obviously like you know won three games, but so it was a little inconsistent at times. Like, what do you put that down to? Do you think it was maybe just a few injuries and? Maybe Connor Cox wasn't up to speed just yet, and and maybe I suppose you don't have the Murtha brothers in there as well. Yeah, it was a, it was a mix of everything. Um, you know, the injuries didn't help. I mean, we had about 10, 10 injuries to, to players that would have been on the panel maybe from last year. Um, so that didn't help. And then even you go back to the leash game, I think we were five six points up going into to injury time. It was just even the you know stupid mistakes towards the end. So we drew that one. Then we go to Fermanagh. Not a great performance, but we're winning going into injury time again, and we, we end up losing the game. Um, so yeah, I mean the results could have probably been better, anyways, and even with all them injuries. But um, 
you know, the next game thing was the Clare one, and there was a real pressure going into that one because there was even talk of relegation at a stage and tier twos and all that after that Fermanagh loss. But talking against Clare and then just the Kildare win, that was a, that was a huge win. We were just Connor Cox came off the bench and that we were just getting a few more players back and um, yeah, it was it was looking up for some. Unfortunately, it all came to a stop then. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it was unfortunate as well the timing with the with the lockdown as well. Um, and I suppose obviously kind of getting into the the Connacht Football Championship obviously like more than likely I'd say it'll probably be Mayo in the semi-finals I mean unless Leitrim pull off a miracle so um, like how, how would you how would you fare how would you think you would fare kind of going into that game yeah it's it's, it's an interesting one um, you know last year obviously the experience in Castlebar will definitely stand to the team that you know there was the kind of mental block with Mayo um, for the last maybe even 20 years we hadn't beaten them in, in championship. Um, but yeah, there was real even hype going to that game that was meant to be in May. It was all talk. He was going to be in the hype this year as well. So probably been a huge crowd. Um, I, I think, you know, last year's win will definitely give Roscommon confidence going into, you know, presuming it is Mayo and, and they beat Leitrim, it will definitely give them a huge confidence that that mental, as I said before, the mental block is gone. And um, I think there's been talk nearly for two, three years um, in the incoming and, and across the country that this Mayo team is on the slide in, in many ways that they still have the, the core players are still there um, and he's a bit of an ageing team so I think for Scotland if they've been two years in a row it should really send out a marker that yeah we're probably the next close to Galway in Connacht mm. And do you think Roscommon get overlooked sometimes in many ways because I think everyone like at the start of every Connacht Championship everyone always has Galway and Mayo down as the front two, but actually, you know, when you look at a Roscommon of you know been kind of champions twice in the past three years. Yeah, yeah, and it's no harm though. I think they, I think Roscommon enjoy that definitely from the fans. It just takes that bit of pressure off, and um, that no one expects us to win. And um, you know, it's all all the pressures on Mayo go away every year. But as you said, there, I mean, the last four years have been Roscommon Galway finals, two titles each. Um, for as much as Mayo have done, they haven't been in the final since um, twenty fifteen, I think. So um, they'll be desperate to get back, even just winning Connacht titles again. You know, I mean, obviously the elusive prize for Mayo is the All Ireland, but even just getting back in, in the rhythm of winning um, a Connacht title again. But yeah, definitely Roscommon, um, like being the underdogs, it definitely suits them. I don't think we've ever gone into a Connacht final as, as favourites or anything. And um, you know, usually big. Enough outsiders, um, and I wouldn't say it's disrespectful because Galway and are, are two powerhouses, you know, in Connacht and across the, in terms of the All Ireland stages as well. But um, it definitely suits us to the underdogs. Hmm. Yeah, I think oh, yeah, it'll be close definitely against Mayo, all right, because a lot of uh, a lot of very good Mayo players in the in the Mayo Football Championship as well. Um, and I suppose obviously like for yourself obviously winning Connacht in, in 2017 and 2019 I'd say there were you know pretty proud moments as a Roscommon fan because obviously you know normally before 2017 they didn't really come around too often no no the other one was um, 2010 and 2001 so yeah it, it was a rare sort of thing to happen and as you can see probably from afterwards from pitch invasions and everything you don't see it too often anywhere else so it just shows how how much it means um, to Roscommon fans. But as I said at the start, the realistic expectation is to, to win a Connacht title. That is nearly Roscommon's All Ireland. You know, we we won't be winning any All Ireland anytime soon, more than likely. Um, 
So it, it, common, common Championship is huge. Uh, and that's why I think keeping the provincials is, is really important because they mean so much to the teams in Connacht and even in Ulster as well. You could name four or five counties that have realistic expectations that they can win the Ulster Championship. I know um, Kerry and Dublin have dominated the other two. But um, to win a Connacht title means so much to the people of Roscommon. Hmm. Yeah, and I suppose obviously, like, yeah, you could definitely see how much it meant to, to a lot of the Roscommon fans. I mean, sometimes they say, like, they should scrap provincial championships and do this and do that. But I think when you see, you know, the kind of emotion and, and the pitch invasions in particular with the Roscommon fans, I think, you know, there's more than enough reasons to keep it around. Um, like, was the belief there, like, in... 20, even even last year and even in 2017 like were the belief was the belief always there that maybe you could actually win a connect or did you think maybe we were actually just pinching above our weight a bit here yeah well definitely last year the expectation was we just beat Mayo so the, the expectation was we were going to go to Soto Hill and win last year 2017 was a bit different we had um, Kevin McStay's first full year in charge and we had a really poor league. We just got relegated and there was a lot of pressure coming from the outside. Um, it's just been the breaking up of the Max Day O'Donnell uh, management team. Um, so going into that one, there was more sort of hope than, than any real expectation. But uh, we always knew that we have talented players and especially talented forwards. And if they all click, that we, we can pose a threat to anyone. And... Definitely that day in 2017 in, in Salt Hill, everything just clicked. You know, Enda Smith was brilliant. Um, you know, the two Mercers, Conor Devaney, you know, we have we, we have talented players and, and that was a brilliant one. And obviously last year then, as I said, we just beat Mayo. So definitely the expectation was a bit higher. But of course, Galway had to be respected. They were still odds on favours going into it. But um, again, you know, half time we were down by, by five and they dug in and came back and, and showed their quality again. Hmm. And I suppose, like, what have you made of um, of the job that Anthony Cunningham's come in? Because obviously, you know, his background mainly, or what he's known for mainly, is obviously being Galway Hurling manager. So, did you expect him to do as well as he's done with Ross Common and kind of carry on, you know, the job that he's done, like from Kevin McStay? Because I think a lot of people thought Kevin McStay was just a really good manager, and that's why he just went on to win Connacht. But I suppose have you been a bit surprised by the work that Anthony Cunningham's done? Yeah, definitely. Because um, I was kind of a bit disappointed when Kevin McStay said he was um, stepping away and saying, well, who do we go to next? You know, are we going to get that sort of caliber of manager again? Um, when Anthony Cunningham came in, did, again, as you said there, it's mainly hurling he's known for. But obviously, he has managed um, a few club teams, including St. Bridges. So he, he has pedigree in, in terms of football as well. Um, and you can see he stamped his authority for sort of his style of play on the team very early. Um, I remember one of his first big ones was the FBD final. Um, it's the, and it's a pre-season tournament, but you can even see we went over to the tomb and back Galway, and convincingly enough, and there was a bit more steel about the team. That was probably Kevin McStay's, sort of, from the outside anyways, that we made look weak. We had nice, pretty footballers, but, you know, teams have brushed us aside fairly easy. I think that's the main difference. There was a bit more defensive structure, uh, a bit more even nastiness, if you like, um, to the team. Uh, and even though we did get relegated from Division One before, obviously before we won the Connacht um, title, there were there were good performances in there. You know, we bet Monaghan, we ran Mayo and Dublin close, we drew with Tyrone, so there was definitely positives going into, into the Connacht, and we were competing more with with the bigger sides. Mm. 
And I suppose then, if you if you were to get past Mayo, how would you think you'd get on against Galway? Because obviously they were looking they were looking very good before the the lockdown. They were probably looking like the best team in the country. So I'd say that'll be a, a tough matchup for yourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Galway have you know such good players. I mean, arguably Shane Walsh was. I mean, him and Clifford were probably the two best players in the country during that that national league. Like. Um, no, they have talent all over the pitch. Um, they really did show us um, at stages. And you know, remember even me and Magnus got the bet Tyrone by twenty points or whatever it was <laughs> afterwards. So uh, Port Joyce definitely got them playing more expansive attacking football than what than what they were. Um, so yeah, I I rate Galway higher than Mayo. Um, definitely at the moment, you know, they're they're younger. I think they have more to prove. Um, and you know, what you nearly hope is that they're looking, well, not past Connacht, but they just have more of an eye even trying to challenge the All-Ireland and, you know, we might catch them out. Hopefully, that we feel if we beat, beat Mayo, but it, it is a tough ask again this year. Mm. Yeah, no, it definitely will be, be tough coming up against that Galway side. I, sp- I suppose the only kind of thing to that is obviously, like, at least for Roscommon, you'll have a bit more of a, of a challenge going into that final, which could go against you as well, but... Like Galway are obviously playing Sligo, so do you think that will kind of help you as well? The fact that you'll have that challenge against Mayo, maybe going into the game before, whereas Galway will play Sligo. Yeah, well, it was the exact same last year um, as well. We had the, the tough battle against Mayo, uh, and Galway had a, you know an easy enough win against Sligo. Now, whether that had too much to play, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, especially this year, it's nearly week after week, so. It could work in your favour. Work as a disadvantage. The goal we might have an easy game against no no specs but before the week before kind of final. I don't know is there a week or, or is there a week break in between. But um, yeah, it, this year is kind of unique in, in many ways that it'll throw uncertainties all over the place, and it will be hard to predict because there will be shocks all over the country this year. I'm pretty sure about it. Yeah, definitely. No, and I think even um, if if Anthony Cunningham does adopt a bit of a defensive structure to Roscommon, I can see with the winter conditions, I can see a lot of very defensive sides doing a lot well in the championship this year. Maybe compared to previous years, um, like how do you reckon? Like, because obviously in the past couple of years, like when you've got through Connacht and you've gone into the the All Ireland series, it hasn't hasn't gone too well, obviously for Roscommon. So, like, what would you put that down to in previous years? Do you think it's maybe just, you know, players running out of steam or kind of you came over that massive high, I suppose, of winning Connacht as well? So, like, what would you kind of uh, put that down to? Yeah, I mean, winning Connacht, as I've mentioned a few times, it is the ultimate goal. Um, but I think there is a, a thing now that we, we want to nearly progress, maybe get to a semi final one year. But in reality, I think as we keep finding out, the, the gap is huge. Um, I think the mentality of beating Galway Mayo is gone now. Um, that we, we've done it um, and we've got past that. But every time we nearly get to a quarter final or Super Eights, you just find out that there's still a huge gap um, to Dublin's Kerry's, to even Tyrone and Donegal have beaten us well. Um, over the years so um, it has been a bit frustrating but I mean, even last year I know we, we got, uh, lost well to Dublin in, in Crow Park in the second game but Tyrone game we, we matched them for a while and they deserve to win the game no doubt um, and then the last game I think that's nearly gone a nose we bet Cork and that was a huge thing for the team just to get that, that win 
um, in, in the Super 8s that the year before we, we lost all three. So even just get, brush that aside, we have the, the win at least in the group and hopefully, you know, in years to come, we'll be back there and maybe get to a semi-final. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose maybe even with the straight knockout this year, that might suit you even better as well because if you were to win Connacht, then you'd be in a semi-final with probably either Kerry or Cork and you never know, like if Cork beat Kerry and then you meet Cork in the semi-final, like there might be... There might just be a slight chance he might end up in an Ireland final. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, obviously there is no Super Ace or anything, so it is going straight into the semi-final. And, you know, training has been obviously hampered this year because we don't know what level each team will be at. Um, so that will probably cause more chance of an upset. I think probably the upset will happen maybe in the likes of an Ulster Championship um, or, or maybe Connors for Scotland winning it again. I mean, I can even, you may, might see an Armagh winning an Ulster this year or something. I don't think probably the, the real upsets will happen. I think in the the, la, the later stages, I think Dublin and Kerry are still the, the benchmark for everyone else. Um, so, but yeah, as you said before, you know, once you're in an All Ireland semi final, you're in the last four. So, you mean, on the day, anything can happen. Um, but yeah, I still can't really look past Dublin or Kerry. I think they're just well ahead of everyone else. Mm. And I suppose, what players do you think can be the difference um, in that Roscommon team if you do go and win a, a Connacht Championship or you know progress even further than that, further than that? Like, what players do you think could uh, could be the difference in the team? Yeah, um, you'd have to probably look at Andrew Smith. Um, he's been you know a huge player for Scotland now he's still only I think 26 maybe or 26 27 so he's still loads of years left he's been around the team now for seven eight years um so he's a crucial player because anytime we have played well he's been at the, the forefront of us um whether that is a midfield half forward line um you'd have to probably think then you know the likes of the three dailies in, in the back line and um, they made a huge difference last year and um, coming in like I said adding that bit of steel that wasn't there before um, and they're and they're quality footballers as well you know they pop up with them um, scores for, from the half back line nearly every game at least one or two of them but then you've up front obviously Connor Cox was a was a huge player for for Scotland last year um you know coming in side he exceeded all expectations um, and then you have uh, hopefully Jeremy Mercer and Kieran Mercer as well. Um, having them back it, it, is huge. So yeah, there's a lot of players. I mean, there's other ones, even the likes of um, Connor Devaney's coming back now. He he hasn't played since the, the Connor final uh, from last year. So he, he'd be a huge boost. Um, Shane Caloran's coming back. Ulton Harney as well. So like there's, there's a lot of players actually that are coming back. And um, I think I said before, we're missing about 10. So to even get all of them back, and you can look at the bench and bring five or six of them on to even improve towards the end would be huge. Hmm. And what kind of impact do you think Connor Cox had on the Roscommon team coming in there? Because obviously, you know, he is a Kerry man and obviously coming into the Roscommon team, you know, I suppose as you, as you alluded to it there, like there was kind of mixed expectation as to how he would do. So like what kind of impact do you think he's had on the, on the Roscommon team? Yeah, I think it's just a, even his confidence, he just... His confidence in the ball, he can shoot from anywhere. I mean, his first game was against Monaghan and he shot a winning free from the sideline and suddenly he's a hero straight away. And his expectation from, went from there to there and everyone's expecting that. And he, he, he's dealt with the pressure really well um, because, again, there is 
when he's on the field, everyone expects him, you know, to, to come up with something. Um, but yeah, we were expecting a good player because he, he's won a couple of junior All-Irelands with Kerry and he's been in around the panel here and there, but um, he's definitely ex- exceeded all expectations. And, it, you know, he's credited himself because if you look, again, Mayo, he got, I think, five points. He was man of the match in that game. And, and then, obviously, the kind of final against Galway. So he's really made the difference in them scores that we might be missing. Hmm. And I suppose obviously for yourself, um, sideline view was obviously something you started not too long ago. Like, what was your uh, reasoning behind setting that up? Yeah, it was just around about May time, um, and it was just kind of sitting here doing doing nothing like most people. Um, I'm doing media in college, so I, you know, I said I might just try it out, ask a few people, see where it went. Um, and yeah, more people got back to me um, than I thought ever thought. So it just w- went from there. Really enjoyed doing it. Um, and yeah, I think I did twenty six episodes in, in in the end. I was only planning on doing about ten if if I was lucky. So um, yeah, it was really enjoyable even just talking to to people that you know I never even think about uh, talking to and people being so good their time as as well. Um, so it kind of worked well in some ways that no one was doing anything and there was no football. So people were probably more than happy to to talk. Whereas if it was probably a normal intercounty year, you know, players really don't usually speak to the media too much uh, or open up too much. So it worked out very well in the end. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've listened to a few of the uh, of the podcasts already, and they're definitely like very good stuff. So fair play for the for the work you've done there. Like, who would you say has been your your favorite guest? Because there's definitely been some uh, some fairly big guests that you've had on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed actually um, even the few from uh, from England. Uh, obviously, Jeep is a GA, but even the soccer one from from Sky Sports and, and enjoyed them. Um, um, Kevin McStay was it was a good one. He was um, honest um, in, in his one, um, so I enjoyed him. And obviously, the other Sunday game ones as well. Small so Shane, Kieran Whelan were very good to talk to. Um, and yeah, other other players come on. Rory Began, you know, Keith Higgins was another good one. He so much to talk about with um, with Mayo through the years, but. Uh, um, yeah, to be honest, they're all everyone was, was brilliant. Um, you know, again with their with their time, and it was really enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, no, I suppose definitely having some um, like the Sky presenters. I remember listening to them; they were definitely um, definitely very interesting because you don't normally hear, you know, they're they're normally the ones asking the questions. So it definitely was uh, pretty interesting having them on. Um, and I suppose lastly, then just to kind of finish up, I suppose if you were to give a kind of all Ireland prediction this year and kind of. Of who you think would win the All Ireland, who who do you reckon it would be? Um, I'd have to probably go with Dublin again. Um, I think there's still a bit bit of a gap from them actually to Kerry, and there's a, probably a bigger gap from Kerry to the rest. So, um, yeah, I think Kerry's chance last year was was huge. You know, and especially that first game, it looked like they just happened, but again, Dublin just showed why why they are the best and and have been for for many years now. Um, you know, a man down to, to work that score for, for Dean Rock at the end was 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 brilliant. And they just don't panic. I think they have the experience, they have the players. And um, obviously, I think Jack McCaffrey's not playing um, this year now, which will be a loss. But 
you know, they usually have someone else to come in. Um, whereas if Jack McCaffrey had left another county, it would have been a, probably an even bigger loss. Um, so I have to say Dublin, Kerry could go close again. It's, it's kind of the unknown in, in many ways this year that, you know, it'll be um, a different year. There's no supporters, obviously. More than likely, and maybe 100 or 200 um, here and there. But um, if I had to say, probably be Dublin Kerry final and then Dublin to win it. Hmm. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe if Dublin meet Ross Common in the uh, in the All Ireland final, we can uh, we can make another video around then or something. We'll have to wait and see. I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, perfect. Anyway, Dara, it was good. Uh, it was good to have you on, and um, yeah, I suppose best of luck with the sideline view, and hopefully, um, you know, when you do start to to get things back rolling, hopefully it goes well. No bother at all. Thanks very much.